Hello, and welcome to Cast a Pod to Your Witcher. I'm your co-host Dov. I'm your co-host Aaron. I'm your co-host Mags. And today we're discussing like the f- the first the first half of chapter six of the Witcher novel Blood of Elves. Uh, full disclosure: we lost our first <laughs> recording of this episode. Um, so if we sound bored with it, it's not because we don't love it. Um, if anything, it's my favorite episode of the book. Um, but I, I, I have already said all the things I had to say about it, and now I don't remember any feelings I had on it whatsoever. We're, we're, we, we've got a bit of lockdown loopiness on the go, um, uh, so we're, we're playing through yeah, the pain. Yeah, we sure do. Um, we are we are we are planning to take we are planning to take Mr. Uh, Bill Gates of Microsoft Corporation to court over <laughs> over over his destruction of our of our of our episode recording. Um, as we know, he is he is fully responsible for all losses of data that happen on the Windows system. We're we're on the final boss. Dove's run out of elixirs, and you know. We've got no swallow left, no white wrappers <laughs> decoction, and we're just bleeding out slowly. And, and, and our save file got corrupted on top of everything. So we lost, yeah, we lost three hours of con- of content, and we've got to do that really annoying bit in the cave in The Witcher where the portals open and you've got to use bombs on them, and there's loads of winter Oh hounds god, and really yeah, that cold. sucks so fucking much. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst bit in the fucking game. Like, the, the only redeeming feature is the music. So, um, like, like it makes even no sense because there is literally no reason why rips in space and time should be fucking closed by a Demiridium bomb. No, but it's the, not exactly normal magic, is it? No, no. It's kind of like trying to close a fucking like nuclear radiation epicenter with some water. <laughs> Like, the whole point of her magic is that it doesn't, you know, tend to the normal rules of magic. But here we are. This, this is the game we're playing. Um, so we're, we're looking basically at this chapter. The main theme of it is set with, you know, the, the introduction little quote that they, nice, they like to put in at the start of these chapters. Shall I read it out? Go on. Yeah, go on. So the, the full quote is, Murder is always murder, regardless of motive or circumstance. Thus, those who murder or who prepare to murder are malefactors and criminals, regardless of who they may be. Kings, princes, marshals, or judges. None who contemplates and commits violence has the right to consider himself better than an ordinary criminal, because it is in the nature of all violence to lead inevitably to crime. That's a quote from in-universe philosopher Nicodemus de Boot in his Meditations on Life, Happiness, and Prosperity. Um, <laughs> Atting... Tony Blair. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so we get a lot of pathetic uh, fallacy in the start of this. You know, it's all rainy and stormy, and there's lots of wind, and we've got all of these monarchs sat around a table. You know, what is to be done? It's 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 literally it's literally a fucking Nosferatu castle. <laughs> you know, like 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 because it's you know like like stuck in the rain and like. Um and and you know only through you know like this 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 like in, the, in this tall fucking room and one of the yeah, towers, the tallest uh, tower there's yeah the, there's these kings conspiring <laughs> and uh, yeah so really there's an emerging problems of basically Scoia'tael they're up to no good and the the kings are all the, the monarchs are all very unhappy about this and I think yeah, they're, they're they're not big fans of the entire guerrilla <laughs> forces on their land. Yeah, uh, thing. So because of effectively, um, you know, they've had the Battle of Sodden and they feel like they've sort of pacified the threat of the north, the south from now for now. But there's now basically um, ethnic cleansing being carried out in both directions. You know, lots of not humans are killing humans indiscriminately, i.e. the Scottish Tell are killing farmers and shit. And then you've got humans leading pogroms in cities. Um, so it's, it's it's bad times. And so we eventually... It is bad times. And, you know, like, there's, 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 you know, like, they also touch on, like, you know, the fucking 
geopolitical situation unfolding that like uh they talk about Nilfgaard and like how like even though they fucking beat them in that war just there um they've kind of you know fortified themselves on the other side of the Aruga and are quietly choking to the north to death economically um yeah and if something is not done they will you know like 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 uh end up getting devoured without a single shot yeah, they've basically Nilfgaard has kind of fortified their border. They've got loads of factories building loads of cheap goods and they're selling them cheaply into the north and undercutting all of, you know, these producers doing economic... It's a very sapic story. You yeah, know. like, 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 like... It's it's really an allegory about about why the European Union is necessary because because like uh, it basically talks about how about how the main reason why the North is susceptible to this is because they engage each other in trade wars. Yes, um, they've been like, they've been trying Hilfgar to cut each other's throats. Full, like and like then... like floods their market with cheap goods. <laughs> yeah, and they've got tariffs and everything like this that end up just sort of slitting each other's throats and Nilfgaard's there to sort of profit all of this um, internal yeah. strife. Yeah. There is also there's two bits of yes. overt like ethno nationalism yeah. slash fascism in the first couple of pages. You know you've got full tests. Yeah, saying... yeah, because um like it kind of it kind of immediately cycles back to the fact that like most of them think that one of their more immediate problems is you know all the various like uh, uh non-human rumblings north of the Aruga like like the the Squiatel and such and they 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 immediately fucking resort to some pretty fucking genocidal language about how to deal with this like like yes. Fultist in particular just like has a whole fucking moment where he just like 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 pulls a whole you know like fucking <laughs> liberal racist thing along the lines of like you know I always was a proponent of coexistence but just you know look look what that's what's happening like 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 obviously he's ungrateful what yeah, what our ancestors did to them was a tragedy, of course, but I, he literally straight up says, I think that tragedy will have to be sadly repeated. And it's just like, you know, yeah, fuck okay. Yeah, full test. <laughs> you're just, you're just, you're, you really are just yeah. casually going there, are you? Okay. Like, he's, you, know, it's like, you know, he says, if the non-humans want war, they will get it. You know, the elves will have to be pacified. Um yeah, so there's like some layers of what's what's going on here with how they're talking about about the elves and they, the, the the way they escalate is is really something. Um, so kind of like the elves kind of come up at first because they're talking about uh, Nilfgaard and how they feel like they're going to get pushed off their land by by Nilfgaard and then Hanselt says or not Hanselt, sorry. Um, but then um, Vizimir says, you know, let's not commit a mistake. Um, you know, they'll come further. Uh, do let us make the same mistake as the elves. Like, don't let us get just pushed off the land like the elves did. And then that this is what starts them talking about about the elves, right? Because Hensel says you don't compare us to the elves. The elves didn't know how to fight. They were treated before our ancestors. So they already start with like glorifying in a way what their ancestors did to the elves. Um, and of course, um, the elves are um, fighting back now, possibly with the support of Nilfgaard. Um, and so there's 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 kind of layers here because they're talking about that and um, what to do to um, sort of fight back against the, the elvish insurrection and how to sort of um, demonstrate that they are kings again. Actually, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. Yeah, it's... and we still have, really, Demavend is talking, like Demavend comes out with literal Lebensraum stuff you know we have to be expansive oh yeah like 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 he, like, he literally he literally yes. more or less says like 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 if we don't if we if we accept yeah. like the Nilfgaard's like you know like like having fortified himself with the Yeruga like like he literally says like our our descendants will start lacking space up here yes <laughs> yes yeah so yeah he, he literally he, he, he literally said saying, we need like, living we need space to, like, yeah cleanse the elves yeah. from the land because we need living space yeah he yeah so they are fully advocating for ethnic cleansing for Laban's ram not great no no, no. not good at all like very very badly yes. slipping into fascism um, yeah and then we also get some they start to chat about Ethelene's uh, prophecy and, you know, how, and the white flame and the white chill and the white light and, you know, how Emir's kind of become an almost religious um, figure yes. for some, you know, and how this prophecy has been warped to sort of boost this idea of Emir being this immortal conqueror, the white flame dancing oh, yeah, in the bodies of the enemies. Cause, cause... 
Foltest starts talking, you know, like about about Ifleen's prophecy, and he specifically mentions some variant of it that mentions a liberator who will come from the south. Uh, you know, yes. from the other side of the Aruga. Um, and I think that's that's interesting because you know, like, 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 like it 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 feels like maybe you know, like there are different versions of the prophecy of Ifleen like kicking about, like even like you know, yeah, an explicitly propaganda one. Um, yeah. Being and of course this cards. is the other like little fascist thing that they start sliding into on one hand they're talking about needing to expand and needing living space and needing to either fight Nilfgaard that have penned them in or go in the other direction and cleanse the non-humans from the land and this other thing is that they've now got um you know some of them have torturers roaming the streets of their city to round up the clerics who have started preaching about Ithlina's prophecy um particularly in this version that yes preaches a the coming of a a, a savior from uh, beyond the Yuruga um, the world being reborn yeah. the white and the um, white queen. we get an interjection then from from Meve as well, um, who's sort of seen by the others as sort of the wise, a wise, quiet lady interjecting with thoughts now and again. Um, and she sort of said, you know, Nelfgaard's just waiting and w- w- wanting us to act or do something stupid, um, basically. <laughs> and uh, so, and then we get some more fascism with Hensel, just going eradicate the squirrels. You know, just get let's get all together and just wipe them out, just exterminate them, which is uh, not very yes. subtle. So when they turn to Meve, um, you know, she they she asks, you know, why are why are you looking at me? And you know, they say they're just admiring her beauty, and she sort of snaps on the stall, flattering her. And um, but since all eyes on her basically she says that um the situation they found themselves in reminds her of you know winter evenings in her old castle when her husband was still alive and you know there'd be just sort of all the the, the goings on of of day-to-day life in the castle you know the husband chasing after maid of honor and, and marshals figuring out what kind of war would make them famous and wizards thinking they controlled everything um and you know she says everyone was waiting for someone everyone was scowling at me and i then i showed them i showed them all what i was capable of and way that still makes that made the very walls shake and the local grizzly bears wake in their winter lairs and any silly thoughts disappeared from their heads in a trice suddenly everyone knew who ruled and i would really god i would really love to know what it is she did but clearly she advocates drastic displays of force to uh she, she she advocates them showing everyone, including the wizards, including everyone who's who's promoting not doing anything about Nilfgaard, not doing anything about the Squiatel, um, like like remember, like you know, basically reminding them who's in charge. Like yes. Kalanth did. Is yes. is is in a way in a yes. way like like yeah, like, is, like yeah like Kalanth really feels ruled. like the inspiration for show Kalanthi swaggering in uh, in episode four, saying that some peasants yeah. are yeah. reminding who's queen. Just covered in blood. Yeah, yeah. It's fun, <laughs> kind of thinking about where the show got its inspiration for and, certain uh, things. Yeah. So then we then we get more of a description into the sort of context of you know they've got um crack and create is sort of keeping their shores safe by constantly raiding Nilfgaard, and then they've also got you know the the river as a border. But then the main issue becoming emergent is uh, Sintra, and that's what they're all really worried about. You know who who's going to control like, Sintra? Like uh, Faltus brings it yeah. up specifically, like because they they immediately when Meve gives her inspirational kind of uh thingy thing, uh they kind of launch all into like a spe- increasing imaginative um <laughs> fairly fucking brutal ways to assert their rule um like you know like all of which more or less come down yes. come down to crack down on opponent text y and z uh harass nilfgaard in ways a b and c um etc etc but like foltest in particular speaks up and says that none of that is enough and says that like what we need to do is reclaim sintra like because because sintra is the is the symbol of the brutality of the North Guardians, of what threat they pose to the North, all these, you know, things. Yeah. Can, um, can I just pause for a second on the um, the other things that they, they propose? Um, like, again, the bit about the non-humans in the middle, and I feel like I'm fixated on the non-humans thing, but, I mean, Hensel's, like, immediate response to, like, what Meave suggests that they have to do something drastic is, like, it's not just, like, what we were talking about before with the non-humans. It's fully just, it's not just eradicate the squirrels. It's, like, sort of huge joint military military operation treat the non-humans to a bloodbath let like the rivers flow with elven yeah. blood from the source to the estuary i uh, sent a penal and then dem event follows up with sent a penal expedition in to smother the free elves of Dolbathana. so not just like get the elves off our land like attack their one free kingdom that's left 
it's to be fair, it's not a free kingdom. It's 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 actually a colony, like likes to as well. Remember, remember in the in the short story, like it's very, it's very clear that Oblafana is like under under the rule of like a, like a governor of Etherns. Yeah, they're 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 proposing like like punitive crackdowns, uh, admittedly still even into places where non-humans live relatively comparably freeishly. Uh, and they're 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 also yes, promoting like, like marching yeah, they're right promoting into like shoving like... everyone who's left into like <laughs> reservations. reservations. Which I kind of I'm gonna ask you this because I think you probably know better than I do the sort of like larger um remember better than I do the sort of larger context of the the, the stories. But like, is the, the only other place I remember reservations being mentioned is in a shard of ice and there's graffiti on the wall that says elves to the reservations. I don't really and then like they get mentioned later a little bit. Um, but like I don't really remember any like that's not really something that's examined very much, is it? This idea that there are in fact like non-human reservations just apparently I don't I don't think they ever they I don't think they ever actually set any up like (laughs) I I think it's I think it's one of those things that like where they where they fucking think about it and then they just like don't do it like like they sort of in in the games at least they talk about um the valley of the flowers being sort of this kind of thing you know a little independent state left for the elves to do their thing and then you've also got um, Upper Edern in Witcher 2, which is having a mild sort of, you know, war of independence. But that's about it, really. Yeah. They're not overtly referred to. But obviously mm-hmm. you've got, like, Brokolon yeah, with the Dryads. they're also talking about marching into Brokolon like and dealing with the Dryads like, once and for all earlier in the chapter. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's... not great. <laughs> like, I mean, like, like Doblafana in this, in this period is probably, like, sort of the closest thing in general, and that they allow some elves clearly to kick about, just not on the most fertile land. Yeah, that land. tracks um, with being from a country that has actual reservations. That just, like, chase them up into the, the hills like, and left them and... there. But, like, you don't really see, like, actual reservations, no. I mean, most of the time when, like, mm. when you see elves living among humans, it's it's actually in ghettos rather than... Yeah, they're, they're in underclasses. Yeah. Like, it's, it's one of those things that, like, yeah. I think, like, it's kind of just... It's, it's, it's mentioned and then sort of underexplored just because Sapek is not an especially like Hadiptus. Um he's he's a very casual world yeah, builder. <laughs> this feels like something that the show is probably gonna pick up on. This is a little kind of detail they love like finding and then like spinning out into yeah. something. So I'll be interested to see what they do, especially because they have showrunners American, so that word will have kind of twigged her yeah, twigged yeah. me. I mean, well, it's it's also it's also yeah. clearly like intended as um, precisely that sort of reference. Um, there is yeah. no other context other than the American one in which the word reservation specifically is used. Um, yeah. Like so, so Sapic was doing it deliberately. Um, like it's mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's it's like it's like one of those things that like there is relatively little exploring of in the actual. Book. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I just uh, sort of fixated on <laughs> no, that. It's, it's, it's a word. No, no, no. It's all it's all good. It, the, this was this was a valid tangent i like i like you know like before you asked i didn't really realize that like you know to be totally honest they mentioned it a couple of times but like it's always on the level of a slogan see it. i mean i think at most we see like up. a bit of a prison camp but yeah that's, that's a different kind thing of a and idea. also like they only put square yeah it's a different thing like um like what's what's sort of interesting actually i mean like you know like feel free to delete this if this is tangential but like actually um like how little of the program delineated by the kings here is actually implemented in practice mm-hmm. um like relatively speaking um because like what we see mm-hmm. is mostly just the heightening of military cooperation like no in like in like following books what like what what you yeah. what you see for instance in like the beginning of, of times of contempt before like as Siri and Yennefer is traveling are traveling to 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 Gorsvelen, um what you mostly see is just like a tightening of cooperation between the kings in dealing with the squirrels um and obviously mm. there's some like banal harassment of civilian non-humans that is mentioned in the chapter where Geralt taught like you know stays on the on the halfling's farm where one of the mm. halflings tells him you know oh yeah yeah, no, um, we're living between two, we've been a rock and a hard place here, like, one of the, like, one of these days, the fucking, like, 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 um, soldiers will show up and tell us that, like, if they're, uh, if we harbor the, harbor the Skoyatel, they're gonna torch our, uh, torch our farm, and the next night the Skoyatel show up and, like, tell them if we don't help them, they're gonna torch our farm. Um, and, but, like, but, like, you don't really see the kind of systemic persecution of non-humans 
Ravens and other dissenting elements that is really envisioned here. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's interesting because I can't tell if it's... I mean, I'm guessing, you know, like, in terms of a foreal intent, it's mostly just because, once again, Sapik is an erratic world builder. He'll lay down a concept yes. <laughs> and then decide he's not as interested in exploring it. Um, <laughs> like, um, like, like, but also, you know, like, if you're if you're looking at it from an in-universe perspective, you see a lot of brutality, but most of the brutality is between the actual warring sites, you know, between the military and the squirrels. Whereas everyone else yeah. just kind of gets mm-hmm. caught in the middle, including the yeah. humans. Like, That's true. So it's just interesting, like how little of that, how little of what they talk about here actually gets implemented in practice. Well, I suppose they're rather overtaken by events. It's it's probably because it's partly overtaken by events very quickly. Uh, but like, but like as well, you know. To be fair, um, uh, as you know, like any expert of military history will tell you, um, uh, actually, a giant world war is the perfect time. Like, if you really want to deal with certain, like, you know, like, 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 how do you put this? Unwanted elements. It is the perfect time to commit some massacres and and displace them. Um, like that's why most ethnic cleansing actually happens during war rather than outside it. Um, like because because the committers reason that like that that, that is a convenient time because nobody will notice it among all, among all the other wars. Um, well, I mean the the structures of like the state and rule of law also are like collapsing. Exactly, so exactly. Like, to stop so if anything, you'd expect that like yeah. during the big world war, you would see like a lot of massacres of civilian non-humans. Uh, and I mean, there's there's some hints that like. Some some of that happens, but by and large... A few against dwarves and cities, aren't there? Oh, yeah. Because, of course, the dwarves yeah. have to get fucked over by everybody. Like, like while yeah. the dwarves themselves yeah. are just it's trying true. to It's true, the dwarves normal. are, like, the... I mean, the, the dwarves get characterized as basically being, like, the best people yeah. in this <laughs> world. And are, like, the most sort of divided short about kings. what to do. And the ones who live in cities mostly just... Short kings, they're short yeah. kings. <laughs> but, like, like, genuinely, just, just uh, like, the these one... cool dudes who just live in the fucking cities and just want to fucking do some crafting and, and like, and banking and, you know, they're just happy. And, I feel like, like good, honest bankers. Yeah, and, uh, and like, I mean, I mean, like, in, in Sapic, new liberal economists, by the banker is, like, the finest profession that somebody can Yeah, be. especially so, if like, you're just, like, an honest banker who's just trying to, like, make trade happen. They just get fucked over by everyone just fucking deciding to slaughter each other around them. It's just, like, fuck's sake. Yeah, I have a lot of so feeling we... about dwarves yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> this is a pro-dwarf podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, like, like, um... Our, our, you know, like, 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 our, our basic conclusion on the politics of this is that, like, we don't really give a shit as long as Mahakam is free. Yes, um, but they, now they're talking about marching expeditionary force in there, so. But that never know, happens, remember? So, like. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. This Which is the thing. I know what I'm going to do that's really smart. I'm going to march into a well armed fortified. That supplies mountain. all of our fucking battles. Yes. Yeah. Full sure. of weaponsmiths who make the finest swords in the fucking yeah. world. Totally reasonable. Totally yeah. not an insane idea. Like, but no, I mean, like, yeah. what, what, it's why what nobody I think, invades Switzerland? I... Switzerland, everyone in Switzerland is secretly a dwarf. Mahakam <laughs> is literally dwarven Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. It is like it's, it's like armed to the yeah. mountain. No, but like you know, this is this is interesting as well because like what I what I really think is that like you know like things like oh let's launch a punitive expedition to Mahakam show that these are fundamentally to some degree people who are tripping on their own power so much that not only will this not exactly work for them but they're also delusional. Yes. Like I don't know if that was a foreign yeah. intent. Once again, I think like the fact that like we see relatively little of this actually get implemented is mostly actually sapping not making any kind of point, but but simply Sapek being a very erratic writer in terms of his world building. However, what I think we kind of see in conclusion in that, like, you know, in this meeting, these kings are literally vibing, so to speak. Genocidally <laughs> vibing. Like, they're, 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 they're reinforcing each other's worst, like, most power-hungry, most I need to prove that I am king tendencies. Like, but in the real yes. world, they can do very little of this. So, yeah, Yeah. effectively they come to the conclusion that basically the world hangs on Sintra um, because at the moment Nilfgaard only possesses Sintra through right of conquest but because the Lion Cub 
is alive, if he were to marry her, then Sintra would be his legally. To start with, they 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 they, they to start with just be, just begin from like doing that like they need to like Voltus pointing out that they need to recapture Sintra because Sintra is the symbol of the North suffering at the hands of the Nilgard of Guardians, and like if they reclaim Sintra, they will have you know as as Visibir mm-hmm. pulls, p- p- calls it like a powerful like wall that bars the way to the North, and um, it's, they sort of see it as a Danzig sort of situation as well, like as like, it like being like an insult that a part of their realm is kind of possessed by their enemy. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, to be fair, considering that, like, I think, like, the Nilfgaardians are more more intended to be the Nazi analogy in this, it's more, it's more, it's more like, (laughs) it's, it's more like this is after the Munich Agreement and Sintra is the Sudetenland. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, that's maybe a better analogue. Like, like, actually, you know, like, 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 um... It's 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 um it's there's 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 a fun there's a fun reference to to what I think there's a fun what I think is a reference to Lithuanian history here um because they mention that the official Nilfgaardian variant of what happened in Sintra is that it was it was um a a a descent like basically basically perpetrated by like the the sol- the slaughter of Sintra was perpetrated by a political group opposed to Emperor Amir. Um, that that yes. that that like um, essentially revolted against the armed forces and took it for him, um, <laughs> like and mm-hmm. this is this is this I, I think is a reference to Lithuanian history because this is how the this is this is what Poland insisted happened when in 1920 literally two days after signing the 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 peace of Sowalki with Lithuania uh, happened when when a Polish general marched into Lithuania and took and took like um, Vilnius against the terms of the pre against the terms of the pre of the peace treaty um, like and they 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 yeah. insisted for like a solid solid two years like until until like the puppet government proclaimed their voted to join Poland they insisted that like they had nothing to do with this. This was this was an act of a hostile group in the armed forces. <laughs> oh, that is a pretty clear and specific reference. I mean, the other thing that that that, that reference um, actually gives us is that it um, lets us know that Amir um, clearly engaging in some ass covering here with this with this lie, and they they even say like you know if um, if you'd like you know continued to to win and and it hadn't been a matter of having to make peace he would have you know showered everyone with gifts and proclaimed his great victory um but um what that, that does tell us here is that Amir has um executed most of his senior staff Which, by the way like like is 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 also a fun thing in its own right because that like really you know if you're if once again we're looking for parallels in polish history and eastern european history uh, that reminds at least me of the great purge you know, of Stalin's Great Purge, mm. um, like mm-hmm. where he more or less disposed of his entire, like, like <laughs> chief of staff of the Red Army, among other people. Um, but, but, but in the universe, um, it is interesting for something that comes up later in the chapter, um, which will be we will come back to. As you say, and while we're speaking of scheming bastards. Um, when we're talking about um, Sintra and how this is, uh, you know, this is before they even mention Siri, when they're talking about Sintra and how they have to take it back because it's important both symbolically and to like secure their borders, um, we get our first mention of Vilgefort. Mm. <laughs> yes. Ooh, that bad man. So, oh, yes. Um, so, yeah. Speaking of scheming bastards, um, Vizimir um, reminds everyone that no matter what they do, the wizards will not be on their side because the peace agreement was the work of Vilgefortz of Rogovine, and um, they full test is concerned that Vilgefortz has grown too large for um, the kings to contain, and um, it's annoying him that they always have to take into account Vilgefortz in the chapter's plans. Yeah, they do resolve so that the issue. The kings are getting unhappy. They do resolve that issue initially <laughs> by basically agreeing to just fabricate something on the border, which you know is a classic, long time tested um, way yeah. to deal with. Uh, the problem of wanting to wage uh, an offensive war, but not what, not making it seem offensive. <laughs> yeah, gotta like, anyone anyone who has so played Crusader a, Kings an two knows that the fabricate claim option is a godsend. <laughs> 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 that's that's all I'm gonna say. You know. 
<laughs> but um, but but, uh. but 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 what is important, of course, in this is that Wilgerforce is mentioned because he will he will be big later on. Yes, we'll get him in the second uh, part of the chapter, man. which is in the next episode because this is a long fucking chapter. Indeed, that no sense was one. In yet. any case, yeah. um, <laughs> like yeah. so. Um, so They've established that Sintra's the bulwark, basically, between them and Nilfgaard. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And, How do and... we take control of this? How can we invade it? No, we can't invade it because we don't have any direct... Well, who are, they don't want to be a protectorate, but they would have to be. Um, they want to be independent, but, you know, who's going to be on the throne? Yeah, um, yeah. and this is this is an important question because, you know, like, like as, as Vizimir suddenly fires, you know, like, like incidentally... Um, you know, like, are any of you looking for the Lion Cup of Sintra? Because I know that somebody named Rience happens to be looking for the Lion Cup of Sintra. Who is supposed yes. to be dead. And some of them believe yeah. she's dead, like, it's been like, a couple of years and there's all these rumours, but someone is looking for her real hard, and, and, so... And is... And they'll start accusing each yeah, other. Yeah, they kind of, like, Visibir straight up says, okay, I can tell from your eyes, either either he doesn't or you won't tell me that he does. Um, like, um, <laughs> and, and, um, like, and it's, and it's, and, you know, they kind of start, like, first accusing each other of, like, being the one looking for the Lion Cub of Sintra, um, like, but then, but then it's pointed out that the likely candidate for the person who's doing it is actually a mere Yes, because they himself. all think about if uh, someone marries... Siri, then they get to be the king of Sintra, or if um, Meeve marries one of her sons to Siri, but he she quickly says that they're just off roaming the world and she doesn't even know if they're alive or not. I, I love that attitude to, 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 your, to your actual royal heirs. Ah, who cares? <laughs> Dude's rock. I mean, it seems like she wasn't a fan of the husband and they took after him, so... <laughs> My two idiots. <sighs> royal sons, Prince Thorsten and Prince Gors. <laughs> <laughs> This has made my like sojourn into Thronebreaker so much funnier. Um, uh, I've not played that it's one. It's fun. If you like Gwent. I do like Gwent. If you like Gwent, it's just Gwent. Oh, okay. Then. All Gwent all the time. And if you don't like Gwent, you can actually just skip the Gwent. So. And then it's just a visual novel. Yeah. It's a great visual novel. It's actually a really lovely like visual novel about family. But also me and being like, an absolute badass who I would absolutely <laughs> like stop the Gwent. We've graduated from step on my neck to stomp on my neck. That's something. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, basically, the, the consensus is none of the kings there trust each other with any of their heirs to marry Siri to claim Sintra, basically. So they kind of come to the conclusion, which, you know, is kind of the logical one in a, in a very, very dark way of dark sense of the word, which is basically that it's actually, I it would actually be ideal if she dies to ensure that neither Amir nor any yes, one of them gets their hands Amir on to get the actual legal claim to Sintra by marrying her. Yeah, because at present he's only and... ruling, ruling by the right of conquest, or as they yes. put it, now, the not Eve right of is conquest. the only one who balks at this. She tries to convince them that she should just, if they find Siri, that she will lock her up in a tower somewhere, wait till she's of age, secretly marry her off to a knight, and, you know, that'll be her ruined. That's it. Don't worry about it. But they're like, no, any children that she has will just be more claimants to the throne for reasons of state the lion cub has to die, which is the line that Siri hears in her, um... Vision a couple of chapters and, ago. Yeah. As we observed before, um, also the name of a very, very pivotal quest in Witcher 3, which is related to this yes. tangentially, which is, I get, just yeah. a cool a cool hat tip by the game designers. Technically, genetically related as well, in that, like, it's about it's about Visibir's actual son. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, Meeve does not yeah. care for infanticide. Um, but, but yeah, you know, yes. they and then we get yes. some pathetic fallacy, rain hammering against the windows, and sort of scene transition, yes. <laughs> um, basically. Um, and then we are somewhere else doing some more politics. Yeah, we, we, basically, in a conversation between um, Menok Kohurn, um, the Marshal of Sindra, and yes. um, Amir Varamres, yeah, the, the Emperor of Nilfgaard. Yeah, white flame, bastard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just just a bad. Dude. <laughs> Yeah, Amir, um, just being there. Amir, like, like what a dick. Uh, ordering, like, incidentally, ordering the execution yeah. of a guy. Um, 
Yes. Like, 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 Wintel Bavatri, who, very, 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 very careful reader, as might remember, was also one of the suitors at Pavetta. Oh, Dewey's shit. Wedding. Um, uh, but, uh, like, so he was. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was, he was a young boy in there, but now he was actually, by the sounds of things, something of a minor hero. He rose up as head of a Sintran rebellion, and, um, Emira's ordering, um, Menno to execute him. And and not Shit. least not well, least, you know, like when he's ordering this, Menno is thinking, maybe at least I won't have to participate in the execution. Demir just says, as if he read his mind, you will participate in the execution as the governor of Sintra province. Um like but please do not include any details in your report. It is it is very unsightly to me. It is just like you're such a dipshit. Like you, <laughs> you first of all can't can't execute a person yourself. You find it distasteful. You it it horrifies you. But but you are but you are subjecting your underling to watching it even also, though you know that also, he, like, he's not he only asking not like him it. to attend the execution. Like as you said, like He's asking him to devise the method of execution. Oh, yeah, 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 that as well, yeah. Because he says to him, will Wilhelm of Atri order him to be beheaded? No, not beheaded. Executed in some other way, spectacularly, lengthily, and cruelly. So, like, he's asking him to devise this method of execution. Yeah. And then also attend in his stead. And then also not tell him what the method was. Yes, which I think we observed before this is, is like the most opposite like, opposite of Ned Stark you could be. This is the behavior um, of a yeah. child. And like that's, mm. that's such a good villainous setup, right? That he is cowardly, bloodthirsty without actually wanting to be involved with it. He's childish and ugh. God. Like, yes, but that's why he's such an effective leader. Spent a whole chapter. <laughs> it's it's such spiteful bullshit. Yeah, it's like as great as we spend like the last like fifteen pages or whatever with like these kings plotting like genocide and like infanticide, and Emir still makes them look like the better option. Yeah, like because like because you 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 spend like you know like 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 that fucking first half of the chapter with the kings. Well, well, first half of the first half of the chapter of the kings, and you <laughs> and you go, okay, look, you know, all of this is very very fucked. But at least, like, I can see where you, like, like, what it is that you guys are longing for, which is straight up power. Like, 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 in the most banal way. Like, in a way that, like, is uncomplicated, is straightforward, is, is, is disgusting, but is simple. Mm -hmm. This fucker is driven entirely by, like, spite, but also in such a way that you can't even, like... Like, he can't even fucking, like, read a report on what it is that yeah. he asked his own. I think there's something to, to that, right? Like, the, the other kings, they're plotting something horrible, but not in this detached mm -hmm. way. And, you know, speaking of what this, this part of the chapter actually opened with was um, Amir receiving a report about that secret meeting of, of the kings. Um and um and basically um sort of trying to figure out what that means so they didn't invite um you know Sida the Athena of Sidaris or Earl of Verdun and you know what they didn't who that they hadn't told the chapter of wizards that they were meeting so like he what we get right at the start is him like learning about this and then deciding to meddle by getting his uh, marshal to inform the wizards on the council that this happened to throw a little spanner in the works um and of course asks if there's been news from Rience so we get our confirmation that it is in fact Amir who is looking for Siri um right yeah. Right. Yeah. So we have all that confirmation. Basically, everything that the kings he also were says about to like, 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 make sure that the wizards find out that the kings did not invite them into their confidence. Yeah. So he throws those banners. Yeah. Them, already. This is actually a yeah. very, very, like, you know, this is a very interesting way of doing, like, of, of writing about plotting, and that, like, we as the reader are, like, you know, how do I put this? We as the reader are aware immediately of several perspectives from which the geopolitical conflicts of this world are seen. You know what I mean? Like yes. like we're not we're not like 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 the like immediately after after knowing what the kings plotted, we already know that Emir already knows a substantial amount of what the kings plotted, like although none of the specifics. We we already know how he responds to it. There's like there's like no real there, there's there's there, like like Sapik is not trying to hold out information on us. There like like no, which is exactly. which is which is nice in a way, you know, like because in a lot of I feel like in a lot of books, like when they write about, you know, political faction plotting for lack of a better word they also try to deny some knowledge to the reader so it's a bigger twist when we find out oh this is how you know the 
um, the kings of wherever countered the fucking like 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 plots of the of the dark wizard cult of uh fucking you know wherever um like 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 um yeah. but, but you didn't know this for most of the for most of the book and it's just like Sapik just doesn't do that like he just goes like oh yeah no like the kings are doing this Amira's doing this you the reader knows know all of this stuff that the average person in this universe wouldn't. Because I think it's interesting mm-hmm. to you. Yeah, and, you yeah, know, yeah I quite like that. He's not, he's not trying to mess with us and like make himself seem more clever by hiding things from us and then being like, aha, what a clever twist. He's actually giving us basically everything from all perspectives and letting us yeah. make what we will well, of it. Well, there's also the fact that he says, you know, when he's telling, when the king's like, when Emir's like, right, we need to get rid of the witcher. I know him. He's not stupid. Just kill him as soon as you can. Get him out of the way, but don't hurt Yen. You know, that's a that's a useful piece of information, him revealing that he knows Geralt. And um, knows and, who Yennefer is yeah. as well. There's several pieces of yeah. information here. There's just, if you, you know, if you have the hindsight, yeah. obviously, all of this just goes, ah, of course, it's obvious. But when you're reading it at the time, you have no idea what the, that is a significant piece of information, which is good mystery weaving. You know, like it the best mysteries is. are not like yeah. Sherlock bullshit my... where only. Oh my God, I was just yeah. about to say that. <laughs> it's not Sherlock bullshit where there's no way a rational person could have come to the conclusion that is revealed to you um, by like a deus ex nerd. Um, with this, it's just, look, here's everything you need to know. If you're reading this back, you'll know what's happening and you could work it out from all of this. But at the time, you don't know it, which is like the perfect balance of it. Yeah, there's so much, dear listener, that we are holding ourselves back from saying that is like evidence in here of like some major stuff later. And it's just like, this is only my second read through. So this is my first time reading it. Yeah, yeah how it ends and like it is blowing my mind how much is just right as you know in case case you guys are wondering what specific things you might just want to pay to pay attention to that will become important in future that are mentioned here in this chapter specifically in the scenes around Mm -hmm. around amir um one uh, he has been to Sintra before. Like, he well, he asks Meadow Cohern, you know, like, how he likes his new province. And Cohern answers honestly that he does not like it. It's very... It's a very dreary place, um, and and uh, Amir answers that once it was different, and it will, and it will still bloom, um, it will be beautiful mm-hmm. again. Um, like... Um, so that's one thing. Another thing is that yes, as we said, he knows who Geralt is, um, because he he explicitly he explicitly advises, um, explicitly orders uh, Kohor to let Rience know that he cannot play with the Witcher anymore because he knows him. He's a dangerous individual. Um, and uh, was there anything else important, guys? Uh, no. If you're particularly attentive, you could also pay attention to his appearance because, to be fair, that will become important as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, basically, yeah. the main takeaway from like this subsection at the end of the chapter is it's just at the end of this section of the chapter, which really should be its own chapter and its own right, is just them showing that all kings are bastards um, as one aspect of it but also like how how evil actually kind of manifests and in this case it's bu- it's through bureaucracy it's the king telling an underling to tell someone else to go and kill someone um there's yes, always there's so many layers of yeah, just like it, it's some poor fucker at, at the bottom who's having to well i say poor fuck you know it's some underling who's doing the murdering everyone above them's just gone whatever deal with it and it's the same with the kings before they're just saying right yeah we should go and kill Siri, whatever. We should go and kill some elves because they're not having to do any of it. They're just sort of, and you know, it's, it's machinery of evil. Crucially, since a lot of what Amir and, and Cohorn talk about here is plotting to murder Geralt, um, mm. like, 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 this is, you know, in both cases, a harking back to the interstitial bit at the beginning of the chapter, which explicitly condemns all murderers, regardless yes, of who they are. Whether it's the five kings slash queen um or amir um and this brings me back to something that i hate to reference the last episode that you said in the last episode 
about how um, most of this series is told from the perspective of people who aren't the ruling class, right? Mm -hmm. It's Geralt, um, who is a tradesman, Ciri, who is a lost child, even though she was a princess, and Yen, who is, as much as she moves in powerful circles, is sort of apart from them. Those are our main vectors to the story. And this is the one chapter we get of rulers, and they are, as the little interstitial bit wants to make really clear for us, terrible, awful, no good criminals. It's just, I think, really interesting compared to a lot of series where you spend all of your time with kings and you're trying to find ways to sympathize with the rulers or the noble king or the hard choices you have to make to get by in the world. This work is unflinching and saying, these are not not your friends. People and you should not. (laughs) Well, the thing is, it's like so much, like the, The Witcher is a grim series, but it is not grim dark because. The thing that is grimdark is when they give us a terrible world and then tell us that these actions are justified within it. This gives us a fallen world, but still tells us the actions of these people are wrong. And I would posit even more radically, this gives us a world which in itself is perhaps even fine. It's just that it has these particular structures that govern people's lives and be, and like do terrible things like kings and emperors and yes. and 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 ancient blood feeds and so on. Like um hot take autocracy is bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, quite, yeah. But, like, you know, I think, like, this taps in even further. I mean, like, with Sapik, it goes even further. I think, like, um, once again, in a very typical 90s neoliberal way, but, like, but I think Sapik is fundamentally and and uh, suspicious of anyone who has power. I think he is suspicious of the state um, as an institution in the broad sense of the word, as as some as something, anything that, like, can wield, um, you know, for lack of a better word, a monopoly and the use of force against you is almost inherently evil. Um, indeed, like, you know, like, perhaps, like, Geralt's, like, kind of real hidden hero- heroism as a character is in the way in which he, throughout the series, is fundamentally, like, never bowed by those forces. Because, frankly, even the monopoly on the use of force cannot circumvent a witcher's yeah, heightened reflexes. Yeah, and I think, I just think there's something, I think, I, I just want to circle back to what you just said about, um, about more radically, the world itself is actually fine. It's just these power structures and these societal structures that sort of, like, force bad things into people's lives. I think there's something there, because in a lot of, um sort of grimdark fantasy and grimdark sci-fi I don't want to at Game of Thrones in A Song of Ice and Fire constantly because we are yes. always doing that we even but, did um, that a lot in the, the last episode in fact I, I'm really tempted to edit some of that back into this because we did so much very good A Song of Ice and Fire dun- dunking and I'm not even bringing up the same points these are different A Song of Ice and Fire dunking points um, <laughs> is this world is actually populated by yeah. good people I know I never stop talking about the end of Sword of Destiny or sorry the end of some, well something more the end of the sort of, sort of destiny but, like yes um that like just like two good people separately bring Geralt and Ciri together or like that um you know when you run into Yarpin he is just like like miraculously good and just like full of like deep introspection about like the nature of like what it is yeah. to lead a good life like this world is full of good thought like you basically just want to live together and be happy yeah, yeah. Like this isn't a world full of people out together. No, no. Like <laughs> this is a world with like about twenty to thirty people who are out to get you, and and they're also out to get everyone else. So yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, and everyone else is just trying yeah. to live. Like, and you know, like yeah, they're trying, the they're trying to live in, a, in in like such a way that like you know, like is is it, it like. The radicalism of it is both beautiful and perhaps underexplored because you know there's something to be said for how like um. Most of the time, all those good people, all they can do within the rules of the world that are set by these powers that are out of their control, all they can do is indeed just try to live in a way, cope with the um, situations yeah. that they face as a result of these structures. Um, like, so, you know, like a perhaps more radical, not just um, not just in the imagination sense, but also in the literal ideological sense, writer than Sapek would have perhaps maybe, you know, drawn that to a more bolder conclusion of them somehow overthrowing those powers. 
Um, like, mm. but I think there's also like you know at at risk of being really controversial, you know, like this is not the the Witcher is not um, the Hunger Games, you know, like um, there's mm. there's something even perhaps quite existentialistically beautiful in the basic act of mm-hmm. resistance of just living life in accordance to your principles. <sighs> yeah, I love this series. I love this series so goddamn much. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think we were still in the middle of the politics and just went off on it. Yeah, sorry, though, like, 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 I mean, like, the only thing that, like, that then happens next is that, like, like, um, a young lad, um, in Black Arbor appears. (laughs) You forgot the Kahir bit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, basically, it's determined that the reason that Kahir, despite fucking up and... Emir is still really mad at him for failing. Yeah, yeah, like, like, like it, first, first of all, guys, it's Kahir. Yeah, like, yeah, we need to introduce it's, Kahir, it's Kahir actually because he hasn't existed yet in um the series as part from series nine. Yeah, so like, um, it's Kahir because because we're gonna assume you guys have watched the show. So this character is Kahir, who you all know and potentially perhaps I don't know love or not. I don't know what the show fans' opinion on Kahir is. The show fans' is opinion is he's consensus. evil, but Eamon Farron is really Well, hot. there you go. Some of you <laughs> literally love Kahir. So, like... Um, yeah, like, so, you know, like, like he, he appears in his Black Harbor, um, like, 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 after Meadow Cohort informs Emir that, incidentally, he is here. Um, like, where we find out that, like, yes. uh, from Cohern's inner monologue that Kahir has spent yeah, several years in prison. Yeah, because he fucked up the kidnap of Ciri uh, and let her go. Yeah. And, well, not so much let her go, as which, failed. Which, honestly, I mean, I, I, I said this in, in the last episode, but, like, I'm gonna just restate it because it, it still winds me up, is that, like, it is such a waste of resources to, like, imprison a man, like, for one minor fucking special operations failing. Yeah, yeah. And only about a count. Talent. So, like... Yes, we found out he is a Oh, count. yeah, we find out he is a count. Count Kahir, everybody. Yes. This this never comes up again. <laughs> he's never referred to as a count again. Yeah, we know he's from a noble family, but this is, like, the only time we, we actually, like, get that he's, like, the titular, like, head... Of said noble family. It will be. I guess. It will be. It would be really, really funny to find out that like Kahir is actually like the last descendant of the Vicavarian royals before Nilfgaard conquered them or something. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that's why he that. insistently, constantly says, "I'm not from Nilfgaard." <laughs> I'm a Vicavarian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. So uh, Anir is crazy enough to have locked a fucking count up in prison for like however long this has been, for, and like for not just one any failing. prison. For- but- one failing and and it's not just one prison it's one that like Kuhorn like um, describes as being um, you know he didn't see any of the things that he should have seen visible in the face of one who had spent the past two years incarcerated in a place from which as everything had indicated he would only leave for the scaffold so not just like in a high security fucking cell yeah yeah, this isn't the thing that you typically do when you like lock up the nobles who have displeased you in like a tower in a castle this is like he's been in Prison, prison. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. Really, anyway. <laughs> really. <sighs> Kahir. Um. So he's giving Kahir one more chance. Well, you know, I'm glad after keeping him in prison for no goddamn reason for like fucking four years. <sighs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, like, like he's he's he basically says to Kahir, like, like, um, I, you know, like, generally don't offer second chances at all, but you've got one more to do what you failed at. Um, like, mm-hmm. like, like, but remember that if the, if you fail at this, the scaffold will await you. And I just, I just, I just want to talk about how fucking stupid Emir Varim Rees is. Because I think oh, yeah. we need to talk about how... This is villainous, but, like, also... And, like, this is villainous in a way that, like, when I read these books when I was 12, scared me deeply. Um, but, like, you know, like, he's a genuinely frightening, like, Darth Vader-type character to your psyche if you're reading this at an age that you should not be reading The Witcher at. Um, but, <laughs> but like, reading it as an adult, I just want to... I, 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 okay, so, let me get this straight. Let, 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 let me get this straight. Amir Van Emrys sends... Kahir dash the Black Knight, um, like, on a mission to recover Ciri from the ruins of Sintra. He loses her, like, in that whole shebang. 
um like 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 he he said he escapes he loses her uh kahir returns empty-handed uh and goes to jail for it and sits there for four years and now and now and now kahir, now kahir is let out Namir Namir goes to him and says you do you need to do this mission again basically like we can tell from like having seen him in Siri's dreams like by now that that this mission is to recover Siri. this this evidently is that like because it's it's referred to as basically you're giving you a second chance to do the same goddamn thing, right? So like, um, yeah. So 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 like, we know that this is this is the this is the same mission. Like, so that means that Kahir is being sent into the north, into the north, which Nilfgaard yeah. does not control, to recover city. I just want to point yeah. out that if Kahir failed, like the scaffold does not await him because all Kahir would have to do is adopt a nice new name. Cut his hair, dye it, dye it black, like um, <laughs> go into deepest, deepest rural Kedwen yeah, and become all a farmer. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I get that the temptation is to like go back and try to figure something out because you're a fucking count, but like, but he's already you, you experienced what happens if you go like, back. Like, so yeah, why does like, Amir believe? Sell your armor, buy a plot of land. Yeah, like, buy why a does horse. why does Amir believe? <laughs> That the second time round, like, Kahir will simply come back if he fails. Yeah, well, I think he's not just gonna ride off, sell the horse and armor, and, like, set himself up as a small Like, if Kahir, sorry, if Emir was a fucking Crusader Kings free player, he would lose in his first goddamn year, <laughs> is all I'm gonna say. Like, 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 <laughs> like, the fact that he's managed to get this uh... far... I'm honestly ascribing mostly to the talent of his underlings and not and him. And just executed yeah, a ton you, of those. You just great purged a ton of your underlings. Like, which, to be fair, like was also the case with Stalin. That was also a case of, you only got so far because of these men, and then you just killed them all. And then you were wondering why, yeah. the, first, why the first three yeah. years of the goddamn Second World War went so badly for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as ever our our episode uh, yeah, ends so... with us hating tankies you <laughs> 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 mean you, ju you just know that like yes. you know uh, in in the witcher verse like the witcher tankies are definitely massive Nilfgaard stands <laughs> someone with a hammer oh and God, sickle yeah. banner saying if you did nothing they, they wrong abs <laughs> they absolutely believe that Sintra was, 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 was attacked by some like rival group and Amir bears no responsibility and maybe merely took control of uh, of 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 it in its vacancy to take care of the land. They believe all that stuff from the show about how workers are getting yeah. uh, pay and bread in yeah. Nilfgaard. Yeah. Like they're they're yeah. absolutely one hundred percent convinced. And... Like they're Istred. You know Istred <laughs> from the show? Yeah, that's that's the that's the Witcher vs. Yes. Tankies. Oh fuck. Istred's a tanky. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, the beer mate tastes like piss, but everybody's yeah, got exactly. Some. <laughs> yeah, dear God. <laughs> yeah. Um, never once to shy away from controversy on the show so far. We've come for tankies, Stalin, Harry Potter, <laughs> Sherlock, A Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> yeah, it's those, only it's only those are the, to be the fair show. all variations of the same thing, um, which is which <laughs> is which is which is younger millennial culture. Um, <laughs> yeah, to, to be clear, like the original, like the black and white Sherlock and the one that they did in late a few years after that, um, were banging. It's only the new um, Bimblewank Cucumber one that I don't like. Bimblewank um, Cucumber oh, yeah, no. one. We all love Sherlock Holmes in general. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, not, not, not Moffat. It's Stephen Moffat that I've got a problem with. You know what? If we're really going to piss off some fandoms, Stephen fucking Moffat, because he did the same thing in Doctor Who. When he took over, he would just write these episodes where it was just like, oh, big twist, I'm so clever. But like, there'd actually been nothing leading up to that. That's just like how There's a really writes. good, um, what's his name? H-Bomber guy. A really, like a 19 minute long episode where he goes in on I watched it this. at Tops. Yeah. <laughs> It's really yeah. good. So shout out to that. that. That's where my hatred of it comes from. So Arthur yeah. Conan Doyle is not cancelled. No, Arthur Conan Doyle is <laughs> he, great. He, I enjoy him very it's much. It's just that some people interpreting him are, are, are shit. So that that's the positive note we left. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Um. Yeah. So um. Yeah. So this um. 
this wraps up with um, sort of this very sort of like dramatic scene of them them waiting in silence for their orders that were being pondered by the Emperor of Nilfgaard, Amhir Var Amaris, words in the elder speech that I can't pronounce, the white flame dancing on the grave mounds of his enemies. And then we sort of cut to the next half of the chapter, which we will discuss in the next episode, which weirdly enough, we have already recorded um, and will be out after this episode because <laughs> this chapter is um, odd. It should really be like three chapters. It's, very long. It's, it, it, like, the, you know what the thing... I've, I've been thinking about what the issue with its structure is, and I think what it basically comes down to is that, like, what it actually should be is, like, six really short chapters. But, like, <laughs> because Sapik was like, well, I can't yeah. make really short chapters, like, he kind of had to throw, throw all of the really short ones together into one the big thing. The one thing, thing that I think threads them together that I think kind of makes sense is, like, I think he organizes his chapters around the little like epigrams he yes. puts on them um but this does deal with and, the theme I mean, of murder they all deal with the theme of murder and there's i don't think we explicitly talk about this in the second half and it's not really a spoiler to talk about the same chapter because i think people are tuning in expecting yeah. the full chapter um is there's you know there's some thugs for hire in the in the second half of the chapter they're just hired killers and like i think he's trying to make this through line between like there is no difference between these hired killers I mean, I'm going to I'm going and, to go out to the limb and um, say that actually the brothers yes, Vichelet sure are like remarkably anywhere. sympathetic compared to literally everyone else I am in these goddamn chapters. To the brothers Michelet, actually, like I like the brothers Vichelet. I think I think they they deserve I do think better. They deserved better. They're, they're very they're they're actually written quite sympathetically because he does get very sympathetic when he starts writing common yeah. people. Like, like, yeah. Sapek is always in favor of the small businessman, even if it's literally a hitman. <laughs> and what is a hitman if not a small yeah. businessman? An independent contractor, an entrepreneur that's yeah, exactly. society. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are, are we going to dunk on like on 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 small entrepreneurs like 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 fucking fuck the fucking brothers Michelet now? Like what next? Are you, like like are we gonna say they deserve to die? Are we gonna say they deserve to pay taxes? <laughs> <laughs> we all know which one we think Sam yeah. thinks is worse. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that the main reason Sapik doesn't like the games is because a tax collector can't show up. <laughs> I think that that genuinely fills him with like panic, like. <laughs> oh God, love a podcast hosted by so like about 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 a fantasy <laughs> series written our... by a neoliberal economist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We love you, Sapek, even if you're even if you're our centrist dad. On that note, <laughs> that's our show. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time for the second half of chapter six. Um, our music is Medieval Abstraction by Lucas Perny and Milislav Kolar, which you can find at freemusicarchive.org, and you can find us on uh, Twitter and Tumblr as at the Witcher Cast or email us at castapod to your Witcher at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.